Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen. We've got a fun one for you today with fellow paranormal podcaster Roger Norquist of Werewolf Radar. But before we get to that, I have some brief announcements. There are just a couple more days to consider entering yourself and your furry family member into Whitman County Humane Society's Halloween Costume Contest. If you are attending online, so to speak, the deadline is 1 p.m. on the 21st. If in person, doors open 1 p.m. on the 22nd at the Gladish Gym in Pullman. All proceeds go to Doggos in Need and all the amazing work WCHS performs throughout the year, so consider entering your pet. I'll link everything you need to know for that event below in the show notes. The annual Owly Award is presented exclusively by American Paranormal Magazine for outstanding contributions to the field of paranormal research. Whoever wins the award is featured on the cover of their national and international December edition and receives a plaque to commemorate. If you have yet to vote, or perhaps you haven't heard of this award until now and want to literally make somebody's entire year, I'd like to suggest voting for my friend, Jordan Klein, host of the Fireside Paranormal Podcast. It takes but a moment to fill out the nomination form. Deadline to get those in is midnight on November 1st, and the winner will be announced that evening, 8 p.m. on November 1st. I have already cast my vote for him, and I encourage y'all to show him some love. I know he'd appreciate your vote as well. Final announcement is a shout out to Roy, who contributed to the show on my Buy Me a Coffee page. I cannot tell you how much it means to have your support. Your contribution goes directly into the fund for either new research books for the fifth season or to the new equipment fund, namely a new computer so I can continue recording and editing in a timely fashion. Whichever fund it resides in, it's all important to this show's success and the furtherance of paranormal education. So thank you, Roy. Thank you, sir. Werewolf Radar is a comedy-based paranormal podcast airing new episodes multiple times a week. They cover cryptids and UFOs and hauntings and everything else you can think of under the paranormal sun with their own comedic and unique twist. I was so lucky to be able to have one of their hosts join me on this week's episode to chat about their journey, topics they cover, his personal experiences with the paranormal, and I believe we even broke some new ground on this show unexpectedly and had us a little chat about Bigfoot. So, let's get into it. Please enjoy my conversation with Roger Norquist of the Werewolf Radar Podcast. All right. So for today's episode, I am so excited to welcome onto the show a fellow para podcaster, co-host of Werewolf Radar, Roger Norquist. Roger, welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Gosh, I'm I'm doing great today. It's been a really good day. Um, yeah, just living that that podcasting dream. You know how it is. I do, I do. We're totally as rich as we possibly could dream, <laughs> and we have no other problems. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it is a beautiful day. I'm glad it's beautiful where you are. I have just sun shining. It's not too hot. The yeah. windows can be open. I can actually enjoy my apartment instead of dying in here. <laughs> Well, see, you're on the other side of the mountains from me. It is freezing over here. Freezing. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So lies, just lies, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone um, who has not listened to Werewolf Radar before, they are a comedy podcast. They are excellent. Um, it is Roger, Jordan, and Nate. And they are wonderful, wonderful. I, I, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the show today and some favorite bits um, that that I love. I listen to you guys every week. Uh, but before we get into that, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, I started like everyone in Werewolf Radar doing stand-up comedy and sketch comedy, and then we all met each other, realized that we all really enjoy paranormal things, and started Werewolf Radar maybe like eight-ish, ten-ish years ago. And then due to just stand up and being irresponsible 20 year olds, we did like long multi-year hiatuses. And now over the past three years or so, we've just been doing Werewolf Radar kind of straight on a weekly, more professional basis. And it's uh, getting better and better. And it's really fun to do. We love talking and joking about the paranormal, not like joking about it, like it's all hub wash and whatnot, but like we're really big believers in some things and it's fun to joke about being in those experiences. And um, I think that's the whole premise of werewolf radars. And we are a comedy paranormal podcast, but we really are also big believers in it as well. We're joking out of our own fears of these things versus like <laughs> making fun of people. <laughs> Although there, there is plenty of fun to be had. Um, some of my favorite segments that you guys do are the uh the the week of uh weird um mm, yes i i love those so much you, you guys often bring this kind of well you you bring in these news stories to talk about often on the show and that's kind of a, a really interesting um as you know avenue to take with it that that these are real things happening out in the world and and you just you bring it in you dissect and and go through it um Actually, a recent episode you guys did, I, I just loved, was the uh, the couple that met after encountering Bigfoot. Oh, yes. What a <laughs> lovely couple. Yeah, lovely. this couple saw, in theory, the same Bigfoot encounter on the same day. And then many, many years later, met at a general store in their town. Maybe a hardware, st hardware store. I can't remember exactly, but they, they're a very small town community, and they've never told anyone their stories until they told each other their story and love was born and love was born i think they're married they love bump bigfoot bumper stickers and bigfoot and that's all you need just two things <laughs> but those are fun we love doing that that was uh yeah. one of my ideas that really took off to we're like oh yeah we can just always have a story to talk about there's so much paranormal news happening oh yeah in terms of like of a possession in this country or a fear of a sorcerer in another country or like whatever mysterious creature sightings in any other part of the world. Mm -hmm. Where, where do you come across these stories? Like, cause you have them like at the ready every single week. Like how are, is it just kind of randomly, you know, poking around? Sometimes the it is. You can, you know, just typing in like mysterious creature sighting brought us to like a, uh, a mom forum in the UK that we told that we uh, broke the story on overall in terms of like news. Mm -hmm. That was a fun one. It was like mom.co.uk. And one of the moms on there was all like, I saw a creature in the park. I don't know what this was. And then everyone else picked up on it. We were one of the first to do that. That was a fun episode. I wish I knew 
exactly what episode that was, but I think it's still up on the on the main feed, which is like a hundred episodes deep. Oh my gosh! No, you guys got like over two hundred. I was scrolling through the other day. I was like, oh my god! And <laughs> it's so, a, much. so much more because I. I think we're truly, I have, we started on the re-reboot, which was started episode one, and now we're at like 220-ish maybe, mm-hmm. 218, 219 I think is this week. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Coast to Coast is a great place to find news stories too. They have uh, uh, articles linked to their news, Ooh. and that's where we find a, a lot of good ones too, to where like they're just an aggregate finding like Latin American mm-hmm. paranormal stories and any place they're just finding paranormal stories if it has a ghost or a witch or an alien it's in the coast to coast news articles section it's it's kind of their thing i hear yeah it, they they love it they love it <laughs> i try not to use too much of their own writing from tim banal although you're a great sir i assume tim banal's doing all the new stuff for coast to coast you're doing a great job overall Good job, Tim. Very good job. Kudos, Betty. <laughs> We're trying to keep up too, to where if I find a news story, I'll try to write our own article on it. But mm-hmm. I've been busy over the past few months and I just can't I can't do that right now. It, it's a lot of work, man. I, I always appreciate being able to talk to my fellow podcasters uh, because there's there's a certain, you know, we can kind of commiserate a little bit on the, just all that's going on behind the scenes here. Uh, that the the general public doesn't really they they don't they don't you know they have an idea but not really it's a lot of work to do podcast and then try and do extra stuff to where we do two podcasts a main episode and then the this week of weird Monday and Friday mm-hmm. and then sometimes we'll write a news story which still takes like an hour out of my time to where I'm like I just don't want to do it this week I want to be a human. <laughs> And then you have actually like like real life obligations mm-hmm. on top of it. It's it's a lot of fun, guys. Mm-hmm. Lot of fun. Plumbing issues, just medical issues, life issues. I don't know what you're talking about. Podcasters <laughs> don't do not poop or have medical issues. Um, okay, well, what? Uh, let, let's talk some paranormal stuff. Have you actually had any personal experiences that led to you know your your fascination with it? I've had two experiences in the same apartment building when i was a child uh the first one was i was woke up late at night and then i uh uh, let me explain it like a human woke (laughs) up late at night and i was sleeping in the room with my brother we had bunk beds and i was on the top bunk so i could like see everything pretty proper in the room so i wake up and i can't go back to sleep and i kind of look around and i see this like blueish light mist in front of our door to the hallway and then i'm staring at this thing and then all of a sudden i just hear this loud blood curdling scream and then that vanishes and i just lie in my bed hoping someone else heard this sound mm-hmm. which turns out no one else in the in the in the apartments heard so that was a fun experience. And then a little bit later, I was playing Final Fantasy 4, which some people might know as Final Fantasy 2, if you only played the American games in our childhood. But I was playing that in my parents' room, and my mom had a clown doll on a shelf high up. Oh, I and I see like this movement. This I see this movement kind of in the corner of my eye, and I turn around, and I see the doll's head kind of slowly turning. 
And it was one of those experiences where like, no, I'm just going to leave and go to the park for an hour. And I left everything <laughs> turned on, just like left. So those are ones I can't ex explain. And then I had another one after this in the house my parents live in now to where I was listening to the Stained album, that very like first big one. And I had let the whole album play through. And then I start hearing this like cryptic guitar playing coming out right from where my guitar is. And I let it go and I'm like, oh, it's getting just weirder and weirder. And it starts to mess up. And I like leave my my parents' basement. But then I'm all like, wait a second. Is this what I've heard is a, called a hidden track? And then I go downstairs and like replay it. I'm like, oh, it's a hidden track. Oh, okay. But okay. it was one of those things that just made me go like, oh, holy shit. Uh, this ghosts are just following me. But I had those two real ones that I could not explain. And then that third one to where I was able to explain it. Yeah, because I was going to ask, you were telling me, I was like, I don't know if there's going to be a logical explanation here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was my guitar was right by my speaker and tuned to the exact same uh, key signature as what was playing. So it was all like, this is just too much. I hate all of this. <laughs> But I was playing songs from that Stained album, which are all somewhat in the same key. So that's why it was in the same key. But in the moment, I ran out of ran out of the basement. I was oh, like, sure. I've had enough of this ghost. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And this all happened in the same house anyway, right? Or the same apartment. Uh, one, two in the same apartment. The Blue Mist and the Doll were in the same apartment. Okay, then we okay. moved into the house they live in now and you were like so i assume the ghost me. is following mm -hmm. me yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh that doll also my mom lost it can't find it anymore it's just running around society <laughs> maybe somebody uh, hopefully somebody did not pick it up for uh one of the games you talked about recently the hide and seek Oh, yeah, the, the doll, Devil which, Games episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, I found that episode very, very interesting. Um, I covered a few of the games you guys talked about back on, on like a Halloween episode. So it was really cool to see your guys's, you know, you guys talking about it and, and, and the take on it and how you, I mean, you, you dissect things so well. And then the, the funny aspect of it, which I'm not. Um, but yeah, that was that was incredible. I was wondering if uh, when it was a uh, Jordan that that was that was talking about like bringing the games in nate it was nate okay yes, so yes yeah so when he was talking about it, i was waiting for him to talk about uh the, the elevator game because i think that's the most like well-known um you know like in in our pop culture like uh, and what is the i don't know so many things like we all have our specialty in like paranormal stuff and like nate has so many like old traditions old like weird devil's games as <laughs> what they're called and like he just pops them out of his head and we're like, where is this yeah. coming from, Nate? <laughs> he just knows them. It's but weird. what's the elevator game? The okay. the short and long. Okay, so the elevator game, which which interestingly enough, it was a theory that Elisa Lamb was playing. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, but uh, boiled down, it is you have to get into an empty elevator and you have to push the sequence of buttons and go to these floors, let the elevator open, close. At some point, some ghostly uh, Japanese demon girl is supposed to get on with you. Don't talk to her. Don't 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 listen mm -hmm. to her. You know, whatever. Do not interact or else. And then if you push the right sequence of buttons, you follow all the directions. Um, it'll take you up to the very top floor and it's supposed to open up into this other dimension. 
uh, that's very, uh, uh, it's, it's akin to, and I cannot recall the movie that I've seen something similar, but it's very like a dark realm and you can see like a, like a burning cross off in the distance on a hill and an anti-universe, an anti-universe. Yes. And you get to go off and explore because fun, <laughs> fun stuff. Um, and then you get back on and you follow a sequence of buttons to, to bring your dumbass home. So yeah, that Elisa Lamb stuff still spooks me out like this whole elevator game gave me the goosebumps but to think Ugh. that she actually did the elevator game maybe successfully and then explored a little bit too hard is frightening to me oh see yeah there's just something real creepy about it it's it's just one of the theories i mean of course every, everybody is running amok with with the theories of what yes. was happening that day um but yeah it's a little spooky to think you know maybe she was and it went awry i don't know the videos of it if you guys are finding this and haven't seen the Alyssa lamb elisa lamb videos so many weird stuff just the it's some of the weirdest footage i think i've ever seen on the internet i mean not weirdest but like paranormal weirdest story yeah. footages yeah yeah if you haven't checked it out you've God, just just go take a look, read the story. I was living there. I was in I oh. was in Los Angeles when that happened, and I remember watching it on the news that night. And you know that they discovered, and it was just like, oh, like it's hard to explain that that feeling, just that heavy feeling. And it was at the Cecil too, and the Cecil mm -hmm. itself is just rife with uh, that that paranormal and that dark and that true crime history too. So it's um yeah, real historic moment there. There. Every town or every good town has a good like haunted hotel here in Colorado. Ours is called the Oxford Hotel, and it is just it has tunnels underneath the city that lead to the train station. So the president could sleep at the Oxford Hotel, plus Shanghaiing tunnels that were used before they were used as presidential tunnels. So some of the buildings, uh, some of the rooms in there were were preserved to sh for uh, historic benefits and information to where like you can see how the shanghaiing went down in uh, in the oxford hotel and then they would just all of a sudden you're now a conscript in the in the arm in the navy now i'm what what is shanghaiing so shanghaiing was when you just stole people and conscripted them to work on your boat so like before public records were really helpful to like track down missing people and whatnot you could just i mean you still can be taken Everyone be safe out there. But before it was easier and you could just now be a pirate slave. Oh, my God. So the Oxford Hotel has some of that history. They have very dark tunnels that are now roped off. No one can go in there, but they go on underneath Denver for miles and supposedly very haunted. When we went there for my journalism course many moons ago, uh, there was a ghost happening in the room that they brought us to where the radio just started to blast jazz music now it was probably rigged i think for the tour i think it was just a neat thing that they brought people into and be like here's a ghost experience for them <laughs> but it freaked us all out like we were all primed so perfectly mm -hmm. and then there's a bar down there that's supposedly haunted and you'll see in the same building the oxford building has like the the velvet lounge or like the the maroon lounge or something mm -hmm. and supposedly like in many bars in denver you will see ghost people drinking turn around and they're gone 
see that 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 just sounds like a rad experience to me though like why <laughs> why is it this stuff is so creepy and so scary but there are certain uh, of us in this public that that are drawn to that like that sounds like the perfect date night like go mm -hmm. into a haunted hotel sit at the haunted bar drink with some 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 ghostly specters and uh, make a night of it and I'm on the opposite end of that, but it still fascinates me to where like, I don't want to experience it. I've had enough, but like, I'm enthralled by what you just said. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, on the history too, I, I'd, I'd really love digging into the, the history and the research. Me, of oh yeah. Me and my best friend, Sam Talent, check out his book, Running the Light. I think it's being optioned for bigger stuff. Just follow Running the Light. Put, put notifications on for Running the Light. And... Uh I'll link it. <laughs> and uh, me and him used to do an open mic at Lion's Lair on Colfax, which is an old historic bar. Been there since it was a jazz bar in the 40s and shit. Mm -hmm. And that history is crazy haunted as well in there to where like anytime they do renovations, there's a lot of paranormal activity that the owners just kind of deal with. And one night, me, one of the owners and Sam just kind of watched keys in a door start to wave back and forth like a pendulum, get even more. And for 30 minutes, we were just rocking back and forth on the door with no stop in sight until like I went over and like stopped it to see if it would start again for some whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. And it never did. It was just something we witnessed. Jordan's seen the jazz man in that bar walk past the pinball machine and disappear what so lion's layer has a spooky history that yeah. is overall i don't think is written too much about like you can find some articles some people did write about it but like it's one of denver's hidden gems of paranormal activity so i have a creepy situation here there is a big ass spider right there <laughs> i've been trying not to freak out about it but he's on the move so yeah spiders also are the bigger fear for me like Woo! i would I'd go into a haunted house if you told me there was no spiders in there i'd be like oh it's fine then <laughs> spiders freak me out so much it's one of the reason i tried to buy a a second floor apartment i was like no the first floor and the basements are filled with the, the insects i want the top floor <laughs> spiders can climb roger oh, oh. well oh, i didn't plan for that all right well you know what i'm not i'm a professional i'm just gonna i'm up, <laughs> I'm up in my chair i'm gonna keep an eye out Whew. Yeah, insects you do that to me but any other mam mammals i can deal with i am the person <laughs> that deals with rats and mice in my family to where like i got them birds too when i was young our fireplace just captured birds so i always had to get them out and like deal with them no but insects are a totally different like it's it's a totally different beast i don't know what it is and like you know what i've i've been trying to be like introspective and and just very like you know humane uh recently and not killing like the creepy crawlies that have always just you know skeezed me out before mm -hmm. but like there's just that i don't know what it is it's it's a primal instinct to just be the hell I don't out. know what they think. I can't see into their eyes and get their emotion. It's the same thing with reptiles. I don't know what they're thinking and I don't enjoy them. There's something very alien about it going on. Yes. I don't know. All right. I've got my eyes on him. He's on my water bottle. Um, The subjects that you guys cover on Werewolf Radar, it seems like you, you guys uh, primarily like to talk about cryptids. Is yeah, we accurate... have cryptids are the most fascinating because they're the most. What am I trying to say? 
like realistic, you know, like there's something yeah. that like can happen. There's explanations for cryptids like we're like it was this and that's still just as fascinating as if it was mm -hmm. what was described like um, what's I mean, I guess a good example is Bigfoot, our favorite one to where mm -hmm. if it's not real, it could have been something else. To where like we it was even more fascinating like a great ape of north america like a true find of that would be phenomenal even mm -hmm. if all these stories and legends are just based on fossils that people have found yeah like that's phenomenal plus there's so much evidence like dr uh, jeff meldrum yeah meldrum meldrum yeah um a primatologist in washington state washington or oregon one of the great northwest states who straight up has tons of evidence he says is legitimate and corrobor or corroborating many people's tales of Bigfoot actually existing to modern day. Ooh, what, what kind of evidence does he say he has? Tons of prints. That's his main thing, but like properly collected prints that he has collected to where like they are properly cast. You can see dermal ridges. You can see like small hair uh, tracks in the cast. Which, you know, most people creating a hoax suit wouldn't do dermal ridges on the pads of the feet. Yeah, they're, they're going to miss It's one of his them. big uh, points. Yeah. Plus the, the weight distribution on the cast it would be accurate to where if a 700-ish pound primate was walking, that's how it would be pressed into the ground. Okay. So like it, a lot of cryptids can sometimes have this like bizarre scientific evidence going to it or like pointing to its existence mm -hmm. kind of like the Loch Ness monster as well to where like there's probably an unknown species of large conger eel in Loch Ness that's being cited as the Loch Ness monster so even if the Loch Ness monster isn't real in the way we know it like this unusual eel is definitely in Loch Ness monster mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with DNA evidence matching it and everything okay it's uh that's why I think cryptids pull us especially uh, well, because there's so much evidence to it scientifically or like weird little anomalies that are like, it's something to think about. It's a fun thing to think about and ghosts scare us. You know, aliens mm -hmm. don't have enough evidence yet to really pull us, but cryptids have just that sweet spot of evidence to where like this might be a creature we should talk about i see yeah i would agree with you and and we did talk about this a little bit when you had me on your show and we were talking about the honey island sasquatch mm -hmm. honey island monster um and i th i was saying at the time uh you know it it might be like one of those cases where it's it's kind of a case of like an animal that we just haven't specifically you know found yet like like found found like like gotten it um you know like like certain animals we're still discovering in the ocean but as far as what you know like yes there is all of this evidence and the in the the circumstantial evidence and the reports encounters why where's the body what's going on yeah that's one of those things and there's there's precedence to it to where uh great apes of africa will generally take care of the corpse and that's why we never found gorilla bones or corpses for the longest time Okay, okay. Like, truly, I don't remember the exact year, but gorillas were finally discovered after just being a thing of legend until, like, the 1890s or something. So there's situations like that, but exactly, we eventually found their bodies. Yeah. You know, yeah. where's Bigfoot's body? And there's many 
theories behind it. One of our best friend, Brett Hiker's dad, is a, I want to say, park ranger in Ingle County. It might be something more official. I think he's actually like a scientist. Uh (laughs) But anyway, we'll Mm -hmm. say park ranger for the fun. (laughs) And he was on a Monster Quest episode explaining his evidence for Bigfoot and what he's found and what other people have found. And one woman sent him a letter explaining to him that he was wrong. Bigfoot is a guardian creature that guards 94 different Earths, and he travels between them all. So that's, of course, one theory, interdimensional Bigfoot. Right, right. That's a big one, yeah. (laughs) But there's good evidence, and then there's just fun evidence that's, let's play if this was real, you know? It is just, it's a subject that's just kind of fun to talk about. It's right to talk about. about. Like, I really enjoy just talking about it. And even on the more absurd things, it's fun to acknowledge it. But then like kind of go like this probably isn't accurate. But then there's some bizarre stuff to where like we think as Bigfoot just as like a primate. And then if you know about the Sahara tapes from Ron Moorhead, there's something in the Northwest region that can amplify its voice greatly without like artificial aids. Like it seems to be a natural low low powerful resonance in these sounds and it seems to also have a language like i've studied uh linguistics for all of my college times and it matches what i know as being chaotic and still patterned enough to be a normal language mm-hmm. and then crypto linguist or xeno or xeno linguist crypto linguists are code breakers and whatnot and kind of deal with unknown languages of uncontacted tribes mm-hmm. agree this is something bizarre but matches a language pattern to where like bigfoot might have its own language and thus if it's that advanced to have its own language like that it probably deals with its dead in a way to where they're taking the body somewhere Okay. Okay. You know, without, I guess, without digging, you wouldn't be finding a lot of human bodies either. They're not something we leave out. So, if you have any ritual and rituals, like, especially for like our type of hominid, rituals began over 250,000 years ago. I forgot when that pink axe head was found. There's a quartz axe head mm-hmm. that kind of is like is the starting point to where like we were practicing religion at this point. And how we deal with the dead. So like our dealing with the dead as a hominid tribe has gone on for probably 500,000 years. So if they're even as advanced as our ancestors back then, they probably deal with the dead. Just like gorillas and elephants deal with the dead. Yeah. We're like, I don't know where the bodies are, but they could be anywhere. Maybe we're not digging in the right spots, you know? Well, I've never thought about it this far before, but it it completely like it it would make sense. Absolutely. Um, what, What was my question? Oh, do you know, as far as you know, has anybody actually done any work to the effect of trying to like if if people are understanding that there is a language going on here they're seeing the patterns and and all of that has anybody actually put in any work as to trans transcribe interpreting that there is a crypto linguist i forgot his name who is sometimes interviewed on bigfoot uh documentaries he's on the missing 411 documentaries the second one that deals with bigfoot oh okay specifically and the ron moorhead tapes so there's that guy but with what is available 
there just isn't enough data to really connect patterns to anything. Plus, okay. what if those patterns are just wrong? It's kind of like when people study the uh, Indus language. The Indus culture was in between uh, what we know as the Arabia and India. Okay. There was a culture that did the intermediate trading called the Indus culture. And like all that we have of them are like these weird tablets with like a series of uh symbols mm -hmm. and the symbols kind of have a pattern like if you see a cow there's normally this symbol after it and then sometimes there's this symbol after that symbol so like we can see a pattern mm -hmm. but in no way do we know what that is or like what it's signifying so i think we're just at the point to where like we know this is a language yeah but we don't know what they're saying Okay. But in the Ron Moorhead tapes, the guy mimics the language and it seems that the the seems that the person speaking the language as its first language gets very upset. I don't think it <laughs> likes the mimicking. Oh no, or or he just got cursed yeah. out or something. Yeah. yeah, or like he was saying get out and the person said get out back and he was like, No, this is my land, you get out. Like it was that type <laughs> of call and response. Oh, man. There's this guy. I, uh, uh, gosh, I cannot remember his name right now. I'm blanking all over the place on TikTok. I, I come across his videos frequently and he has been, he's like a, you know, like an outdoorsman, fisher, hunter, whatever, but he has all this land and this, and these woods in the back of his property. And there is something, a, a creature or cryptid or something that he has been dealing with mm. since the start of his channel. And it's it's way out deep in the woods. And he started uh, trading things with it. Like he, oh. calls, he, calls it a, <laughs> he calls it a gifting rock out yeah. in his space. And he'll leave things for, you know, like little snacks or, you know, like toys or whatever. And he, he started finding them gone. And then he started finding things being brought to leave, left for him. And I don't know uh, how much you know about that, but I, I have heard of of like things like that happening out in the woods. I, I think these stories revolved around like maybe like Bigfoot, maybe like this kind of intermingling. Like if you leave something, they'll there's take a it few tales like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's also the I forgot what her name is, of course, but there was a woman who was interviewed by local news in Tennessee, I believe who was trading um, Bigfoot would give her special uh, like gifts, crafts and whatnot, sometimes yeah. garlic. Yeah. And she would give her or Bigfoot would ask for no Bigfoot would ask for garlic and provide her with like different gifts that were of equal trade to the garlic. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds familiar. Were you, were you guys talking about mm -hmm. it before? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is crazy. We talk about it. We haven't talked about that tale because it's I guess we should because it kind of has fallen out, but it's a very interesting tale yeah. of like, yeah, it seems that Bigfoot knows language and knows of culture and can mm -hmm. interact with different cultures mm -hmm. in peaceful ways or in, in what seem to be aggressive ways in the Sahara tapes. Well, uh, a lot of people certainly come away from their, you know, encounters uh, being yelled at in the dark or having sticks and rocks thrown mm -hmm. at them that that would certainly take it as aggressive yeah but maybe we're misunderstanding something yeah misunderstanding there. the rock coming at our heads yeah you know, it's, <laughs> it's not violence it's love but it could be like a warning thing to where like this is where my tribe is you need to leave yep yep 
just being protective. And I hate to say it, I think the only way we're going to find a body is if just human encroachment on the nature keeps happening. Because like, there's not enough, especially in the Northwest, there's so much, there's so much foliage, there's so much land yeah. that goes untamed, especially in like Washington and Oregon, even Northern California is just, don't go out here, a mountain lion's probably going to take you. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Bigfoot in theory, too. Yeah, no, it's because uh, I live here now. I'm in I'm in Washington, and it's I mean it's it's technically a rainforest over mm -hmm. here. Like it is thick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just like the East Coast, like people have an understanding of a forest, but you've only been to the edge of the forest. You haven't actually been into the forest, and that goes on for mm -hmm. dark and deep miles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there and there could a... be many species we don't know about. Oh, oh, absolutely. Of, of all animals in still in America's forests. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's so many untrekked miles, um, uh, places in in this country in these forests that there have never there's never been a human to step foot in. Um, and uh, you know what? People go missing all the time. You want to talk missing four one one, especially in our national forests, which is kind of a creepy creepy story too. Oh, there's so many things. Those are another thing that are that really fascinate me with like the cryptid side of it to where if we don't know what the creature is, then mm -hmm. in the example of the 411, what is taking some of these people? Yeah. yeah. Like some of those stories straight up are like, no, something took this person because the moment someone turned around, they were gone. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite part of every four, not everyone, but a lot of them are the four one one stories are. And then we found their shoe in pristine order <laughs> four yeah. years later at the spot they were taken. Yes. It's like, uh. well, how does that even happen? How does the shoe, how does just the, the shoes be pristine four years later in nature? Yeah. Like that's just mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Or they, or they find the person's, you know, like backpack and like their, their two little shoes, like perfectly lined up yes. right next to it and a, a toothbrush or something. Yeah. There's even in the stuff, most man. like chaotic serial killer fashions, like that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's methodical. Yeah. Well, too methodical for me to believe it is not <laughs> like something crazy, paranormal and mysterious. I refuse yeah. to give the human mind that much evil capability or at least <laughs> foreboding capabilities well um so i know i know you are going to be running off to uh, an interview of your own here or a, an episode recording here um i did want to talk real briefly about another something i would consider a cryptid uh, maybe people would more so consider it a you know an etheric i don't know mythical beast uh the puka and I'll tell you why I'm so curious about this. It really perked my ears up that episode. What is the puka? I've told it's uh that's the Irish one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the one where uh they 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 can take all different kinds of of forms and and stuff like yeah, it's animals, the puck like creature. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But oftentimes, like when you say puka or think of puka, it's it's a rabbit. It's a big rabbit. And the reason that perked my ears up is I, I don't know if uh, I told talked to you about this before, but you know my boyfriend and I were, were we had a production uh, team a while back, and we would make all these you know short short movies and like docu you know mocu series, and uh, we were working on a feature called 
Puka because this was such a fascinating concept to me. I just ran across it randomly one day. I was like, oh, it's this mythical, like cryptid like creature and and it, it shape shifts. I think it, it also becomes yeah. like as most things in Irish folklore, a horse, goat. Yep, yep. I think it also becomes mm -hmm. a voluptuous woman or an old man. <laughs> I, I I don't understand the uh yeah, the thought process behind that. Why? But yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting concept, not one that a lot of people are very familiar with is the puka. Um, I guess we're not familiar with a ton of like, you know, folklore and, and legends. That Especially go on if the it is somewhat ethnic to the British imperial senses, like Ireland's culture has been so destroyed and forgotten because it's not the British cult. Like, Especially, and even here in America, like, we have some sense of our heritage, mm -hmm. but, like, a lot of Irish people don't know Irish legends like the Puka. Like, it's very ingrained in Irish culture. Yeah. But if you are over here, you're technically British, you know? So, like, it's very, like, watered-down Puritan, I guess, to where, like, if it's not, if it's if it's too out there, then we are going to forget it. And I'm glad that a lot of native things are coming back, especially mm -hmm. like the mole pits or Ooh. the moo pits. What? Uh, what? That's the that's the the creature that the Cherokee, I think, no, the Apache people in the movie Prey know the predator as. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen Prey yet. Yes, no spoilers, but they think it's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> the the people of the 1880s don't understand space travel so they think it's a monster ah, okay. and it's called the uh moopits and it is a cannibalistic owl and we read some of the some of the legends the actual legends that have been written down uh -huh. of the apache people uh in that moopits episode okay moopits I'm 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 writing this down because I'm gonna do some research on it. That sounds fascinating. Um, yeah, I was looking into. Well, I I'm not gonna do any spoilers. It's it's the subject that uh, I'm considering talking about this Halloween. That is uh, has something to do with um, like Apple Appalachian, you know, folklore and like the scary. Oh yeah, that yeah. goes deep. That's Ooh. something that I I forgot to talk that I forgot to mention there is that. We're pretty British in terms of like our culture being very, very Puritan. And then you have the Appalachian people that were able mm -hmm. to keep all of their Scot Scot Scotch Irish heritage like pretty well. Yeah. And it yeah. shows in Appalachian legends and folklore. Okay. Okay. So a lot of that is being like drawn from from the in terms of like folklore and uh, folklorology, I guess. Like there's yeah. a lot of parallels to the legends of Ireland and like puka type shit in Appalachia. Like those okay. mountains are very mysterious and the fog, like the, the Appalachian mountains are some of the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen. Oh. And like, it is also like foggy. Like it is a mysterious land. It has a lot of like charm to it in that sense. Yeah. 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 There, the, the, it, it's, there's, there's this uh, creepy, just Ugh, just creepy factor with um, most every story that I've ever heard coming out of there. Um, something that creeps me out to no end, though, are these rules, the rules that they raise their children up understanding about 
that area and about mm-hmm. the woods. Like, yeah, I mean, most everybody knows it by now, but the one where, you know, if you hear your name called, no, mm-hmm. you, you know, that kind of, oh, oh, it's just, it's just something about it, man. Yeah. No, it's something mimicking something. Don't follow yep. those words. Ooh, yep. Yep. And that's that's a big thing in a lot of Irish folklore, too, is that reverse mimicry to where like you'll hear someone say your name in uh-huh. the voice that, you know, yeah, and never go to toward it. And if you hear it right next to you, it's far away. But yes. if it's far away from you, it's actually right next to you. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. That is uh, the stuff of nightmares, man. And it's that storytelling that we see a lot in folklore to where like mm-hmm. you thought you knew the rules. This story reverses all of them. Oh, just turns it on its head. Yes. Yes. There, there, there's no way you can be safe. Nowhere to run. Nowhere to hide. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. One last thing you were talking to a recent guest about, uh, it was just real brief. She mentioned it in passing and she only said it the once. Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yes. Yes. Sue Walker. That was yeah. such a fun interview. She's a contactee yeah. with an alien race called the Ponte, who are the alien race that, as they say, did a wellness check on Betty and Barney Hill. That That's what that was? was a wellness Yes, it check. was not an abduction. <laughs> it was a wellness check. You'd be frightened, too, if the doctor just... Like, she equated it to when, like, an animal was... Uh, tranquilized for their wellness checks you know mm-hmm. like it's going to be frightening you're not going to understand anything yeah but they're just checking to see if you're healthy yeah Ooh. what do you think about that i don't know man it's <laughs> i'm i'm one of the leopards being tranquilized you know yeah. like <laughs> oh well, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting that, um, you know, when she was telling the, the the story about the Skinwalker Ranch and all that, that she would only say it the once because there's a lot of, um, you know, f- fear with the with the paranormal supernatural topics. And I was just curious, is there any paranormal or supernatural topic that you are afraid of that you you don't want to talk about that you wouldn't talk? No, about? we talk about it all. Yeah, okay. I don't. uh I don't have too many paranormal experiences now in my life. I've had psychics and mediums tell me that I'm disconcerting to be around because they can't read me. So I think I've built like some sort of barrier around me that where like, I just, I'm done with it. No more. I like talking about it, but I (laughs) I refuse to be affected by it. Jordan, I think is definitely the most fearful of some topics, but after 218 episodes i don't think we found one that he has gone like no i refuse to talk about that yeah yeah it's always been a fascinating thing into it but much respect especially for people who care about other people's cultures and doing it right like Mm -hmm. yeah don't talk about it unless you know like what some things are coming from like when we talk about wendigo we make sure that we're explaining that this is what you might know as the wendigo is wrong and created from a French novelist mm-hmm. in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Wendigo doesn't have horns. It's more frightening than you could possibly imagine. And the same thing with the Skinwalker to where like it is such a Navajo Apache kind of tradition to where like, thank goodness we have a good friend, Jason Cordova, who like corrects us on this. And like, he's like, this is how you talk about these issues. He's a folklorist who is studying for his I want to say masters, but it's probably PhD in folklore mm-hmm. in Estonia right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a good thing. It's good to have friends who are able to 
actually tell you the proper folklore and the culture of the stories that it's coming from and not afraid to correct you when they when you get it wrong yes yes no i uh i i'm having him on my show here coming up good. in a couple of weeks i'm so excited yeah he's... he is one of the smartest people we know we all went to school together at metro and uh he's he's doing the best out of all of us in terms of paranormal folklore work he's he's doing it good for him yes absolutely i i foresee his name being uh well known at oh at, yeah uh, yeah in this world he yeah. hangs out with uh Oh, I'm going to say his first name wrong. I can't remember it, but I think it's Lou Alejandro who is being featured in some uh, alien, ancient alien productions. He's getting really big in there. They're all part of the Crypto Science Society of Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing some interesting stuff. They're the there. serious <laughs> side of us. Me and Jordan went to the joking <laughs> side and <clears throat> Jason and all them were like, no, we're serious people. <laughs> Well, we need all sides to this, Roger. It helps. It helps for sure. Because like if you go, if you drink the Kool-Aid too much on some of this, you don't see how some of this is jokingly absurd. <laughs> yeah. And then some stuff just can't be joked about. And we're like, well, I mean, I don't have a funny thing to say about this. I'm frightened overall. And that's where I think Werewolf Radar hits a nice fine point where we joke and then we admit that like, no, this is frightening to us as well. Yeah, I don't no. know what to make of this. No, I, I absolutely I think you guys strike a really, really nice balance in your show. I know it is a comedy podcast, but yeah, there's there's a really nice like kind of middle ground there that you guys hit too. And it's like, no, it's you know, time to be serious about this. <laughs> yeah. And recognizing that's a big aid too, to be like, no, it's time to be serious about mm -hmm. this subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we are reaching the end of our time together, sir. Um, I do have uh, a couple of speed round questions for you if, okay. you're, if you're ready to hop I'm on. Ready. And, all right, not not hard questions, just uh, things I was I was curious. Um, who's your dream guest? Uh Giorgio Sukalos. I have so many questions to ask him about his life. Not even the paranormal, just how he lives. A paranormal subject that you think is just crap. Oh, I, to be honest, I haven't really found one. I guess I haven't found one exactly. Always, There's always something that is a little legitimate about every topic. I guess Siren Head. The Siren Head phase, if you're familiar with it, total crap. Si Siren Head, isn't that from, is that from a movie? No, it is from a series of YouTube videos to where all the paranormal people who were talking like top 10 scary videos and stuff. Uh-huh all decided to do siren head and siren head was a tornado siren in some situations okay. that grew sentience and was just stomping along the ohio countryside he's a tulpa no, no essentially yes a, a okay. slender man like okay. tulpa i guess if we're talking in a, in a paranormal sense he was created by the consciousness like slender man but all the videos of him are fake and just people like using After Effects to put in this walking siren man blaring his siren. And all <laughs> the paranormal YouTubers were talking about it for like three months oh, in like wow. 2017. But we also did our own Siren Head episode. Jordan apologized for it. We were all like, this is this is the favor you asked for many years ago, Jordan. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, crap or not, I, I I appreciate being able to cover all of these different subjects because, you know, somebody out there, you know, 
really because it became a tulpa so we were mm-hmm. like we'll allow this mm-hmm. it's in the tulpa area yeah. we talked about slenderman slenderman's had some real consequences for society maybe siren head will too and we're gonna talk about it yeah well well fingers crossed let's let's hope not let's, let's hope, hope it's better come. yes <laughs> <laughs> all right uh next question uh tell me about a, a cryptid in your specific area Oh, a cryptid. We have Bigfoot, of course. We have summer sightings of him and winter sightings of him, which suggest he moves caves and whatever. You know, there's a winter house and a summer house for him, or at least where he gets his food. We also have a a mounting ghost called the Purple Bishop, which is not a dick joke. It is a real person. (laughs) And... uh, they were, I think, and I always I tell a more frightening story of it, but it is a bishop to where they were obsessed with the amethyst of Colorado. Mm-hmm. So if you take amethyst from our mountains, he comes and kills you and leaves a purple robe. Ooh, he's the he's the guardian of it. Huh? A guardian of the Colorado amethyst. Plus, we have Ooh. Tommy Knockers. Colorado has a, a very thick German heritage, so Tommy Knockers came along with us. We got Tommy Knockers in our minds. Okay, okay. We got El Chupacabra sightings. We were the first. Linda Moulton Hal, you know her, of course. Yes, yes. My girlfriend's mom worked with her for a number of years in the seventies before she was like paranormal tv producer she was just linda howe tv producer oh wow yeah no i remember listening to her back on um like coast to coast interviews Mm -hmm. back in the day yeah my girlfriend's mom got to work with her at channel seven for (laughs) for many many stories Wow. says she's one of the best producers she's ever worked with and i went that molten howe all right okay well good to know she never she didn't understand why me and kylie my girlfriend were talking about her so much and she was mm-hmm. like i don't understand and then we explained and she's like that's what she went into okay <laughs> all right all right all right uh one one last question for you this this is an important one you jordan and nate Who's the best host? You can tell me, buddy. It's okay. Jordan. It's between you and I. Oh. Jordan can host a thing. We all were stand-up com- <laughs> comedians, but Jordan's like a good orator. All right. All right. Well, I think y'all are fabulous. Um, where uh, where would you like my audience to find you, follow you? Oh, werewolfradar.com. We have all of our episodes up there. We also have links to our YouTube to where you can see... Uh, the video episodes that I get up sporadically when I have time and energy. Okay. We have our Twitch up there. Uh, we got everything you want. If you want a Werewolf Radar shirt, we have some very neat shirts. Werewolfradar.com has a link to our merch store. Wonderful. And uh, and you said that, that that's got all the links to your socials. Is that just where you want people? No, to it's just Werewolf Radar. If you Twitter, search us there. Werewolf Radar. It's really mm-hmm. the only social that we use. Okay. That and werewolfradar.com. Okay. I will link it all below for everybody. And before we close it out, do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave with us? Oh, I forgot all about this. (laughs) Just be careful when the ghost punches you, which is something that does happen. Our buddy, our Jordan, we have a friend of a mutual friend who was doing renovations in an attic and was punched by a ghost to the point he, he was knocked out. 
Yes. And then woke up hours later with a horrible pain in his chest. Turns out someone was shot with a shotgun in the chest many years ago, and he probably felt some residual energy of it. So just be careful. The ghost will punch you, I guess. Ghost punch. That's that's my word of advice. Ghost punch. Very good life advice there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Roger. Um, it, This has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. We so need much. to have you back on our show. We'll we'll work on times. We're all very busy and trying to be human, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. With that any time, you know it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Thank you, Roger, for joining me on today's episode. I had a blast, man. Please take a look at all of their links I've added to the episode notes. Follow, subscribe to their show, rate, buy some merch. Werewolf Radar is sincerely a great addition to your regular listening schedule. I was a guest on the popular live stream and radio show, Shifting the Paradigm, hosted by Christina Gomez. It airs on KUNX Talk Radio and the UNX Network. Past guests include Brandon Fugel, Scott Walter, Luis Elizondo, and Jim Harold. So it was an incredible honor to be added to that lineup. It's been over a week now, and I am still receiving messages from listeners of that broadcast, mostly about the orbs that fly around me whenever I'm recording, apparently. As soon as I can post video up on the Patreon, y'all will see what I'm talking about. First, welcome to the new listeners who have made the journey over to my little old program. Glad to have ya. And for anyone who missed that airing, you can still catch it on Shifting the Paradigm's YouTube channel. Do catch it. Halloween is almost upon us, folks, which means our October celebration here is almost at an end. I know, I know, I don't want to think about it either. But never fear, we will not go out with a whisper, but a bang. I have a listener favorite joining me for my final conversation episode this month, and a special guest joining him. Archbishop and exorcist Plato Angelakis returns once more, and alongside him, Sister Kia Lynn Francis, who has some really incredible stories to share of the haunted, the dark, and the downright demonic. Catch part one of our discussion right here this Friday. Until then, stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.